Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season 3 of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome to the show. If you are returning, welcome back. Before we get started with our guest that we have today, a couple of announcements. We've had a very... Man, <laughs> laboring weekend for those of you from the DMV area and beyond. If you attended Otacon, that's where we were this past weekend, where oh, we held a panel, um, our program called Sketch Pads. Yeah. Um, if you missed it, no fear, no worries. We will be taking it, taking the show on the road. Yes, we are taking the show on the road. Yeah, we got uh, two more um, Sketch Pads events already queued up actually mm -hmm. so yeah we're we're actually taking it to a smoothie shop which is going to be dope because uh shout out to spizzy um here in the dmv so we'll be going there doing still live drawing and playing some live beats and uh having some amazing smoothies son you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's exciting you know mm -hmm. so uh yeah and then after uh, that we have uh we'll be at creative suitland located yeah. in suitland maryland in pg county mm -hmm. prince george's county um where we will be um hosting an event we got some really i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show everything i'm not gonna no, show everything we'll, we'll save that for the next episode yes you know what but I mean? um, you with the details if you are again from the dmv area and would like to participate sketchpads for those that don't know is a program that stan and i came up with where we bring in visual artists we bring in a visual artist to provide a live illustration demonstration and we also bring a beat maker mm -hmm. who um does a demonstration as well and then in addition to that we have um we invite guests in the co in the in the you know in the con space we bring in um cosplayers to mm -hmm. be figure models but um we will bring in figure models for the audience to draw and it's just a great vibe it's a great space for creatives to come and you know to be together and and share notes and and share ideas so yeah. definitely if you if it's if that's your speed if that's your vibe definitely be sure to come out and support and participate sure. yeah man it's a great time um we're going to post another video uh, that will be um, testimonials uh, from some of the people who attended. Look out for that on the channel this week. Speaking of the channel, if you haven't liked the video yet, please do so. Um, be sure to join us here in the live chat. And also, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the channel yet, please make that happen. Um, we have uh, new episodes of the podcast every two weeks and content in between then as well. And um, yeah, man, if you're just a, a visual artist or a musician, just looking for um, not just great content, but people who are, um, you know, part of your tribe as well, who are also giving great resources to the community, then definitely uh, we're some folks you probably want to know. Um, speaking of things that um, is going on recently, but it's also about to go away real quick. Our summer sale was um, that is still going on and about to come to an end, actually. So uh, there is a link in the chat, but our summer sale is happening right now. Twenty five percent off of everything on our store. Uh, the link is in the uh, the chat and the description of the video. So please head over to our website, subartmusic.com slash store at some point in time and grab some merch. And if you're someone who saw us at the con over the weekend, 
that discount will allow you to get those con merch prices. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, let's keep it moving because we got a lot to get into and we have an awesome guest, um, real good brother. And we're going to bring him on momentarily, but we got one more thing to shout out. Um, and that is our good friends, words, beats and life. Mm-hmm. Um, we, man, we are so grateful to our sponsor, uh, words, beats and life for, for believing in what we do. Um, and we're happy to share that, um, they're celebrating their 20th or, um, 20th anniversary as an organization. Give that a clap. Give yeah. That a clap. Yeah. That's clap worthy. Clap it up, clap it up. And, um, yeah, man, uh, shout out to them for all the great work that they do. And right now they have a fundraiser that's going on that will be lasting for the uh, the next week. Uh, so if you head over to their website, uh, WBLINC.org, um, you can go ahead and donate. What you're going to do, though, when you uh, when you put in that link, make sure that you um, that you drop as a slash act. I'm going to put the link in there in a little bit. But uh, and we'll get into more details um, in the middle of the video. But this is a great time to support the organization um, and help them build for the next 20 years, man. I'm so proud of the work that they do. And I'm proud to be an educator with them uh, where I teach uh, the business of art and music. And so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, man, we are super excited to bring on our guests uh, for this week. Um, as we're always excited to bring on, I guess, but, but you know, we, we, we use the hashtag, my friends are dope and we use it for a reason. And that's because it's the truth, man. No size. We ain't putting no sauce on it. It's the truth. Our Mm -hmm. friends are dope. And this brother is no exception. So ladies and gentlemen, coming up, we have our good friend, Mega Ram. He's a, 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 can we do the the proper, what's the the three? Yeah. So it's teacher. Mm Mm-hmm rapper mm-hmm. hero mm-hmm. you know he's also in the guinness book of world yes, records right like uh you know he's toured the globe he's a part of he's now a proud member of the brotherhood of fatherhood he's and, out and he's an author and, and he's, he's an author. author you know just doing the multi-hyphenate thing you know what i'm saying all the dash so ladies and gentlemen without further ado clap it up for mega ram yeah brother. Thank you. It's that, so um, good to see you. It's great, great to, to see, see y'all man. too, man. Um, this is yeah, like the introduction, especially when you when you got to like father, like that stuff never gets old, man. It feels yeah. feels like the first time every time. So, oh, uh, thank you for thank you for that very thorough introduction. Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome to be here, man. And you know, uh, we we always talk about the multi hyphenate, you know, fact folks out there, and it's like yeah. Yeah, man, I, I love the fact that, you know, we can do so many things and and not necessarily be pigeonholed and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. cornered into that thing you do like, ah, oh, man, you rap. So just just rap, you know. Right. Uh, right. So it's really it's really cool to be able to do these things and and achieve at high levels doing them, you know, to kind of shut those people up to think like, nah, you can't you can't do more than one thing. You got to just focus, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you can be focused and you can just be good at a few things, you know. Yeah. yeah, and that's just what it is. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, brother. So, man, we're so excited to have you, man. And we have a lot of questions. Some of the questions is uh, they are questions that we ask all of our guests um, mm-hmm. because a lot of us are experiencing some of the exact same things uh, with the pandemic and all of that. But before we we jump into those questions and really um, get into your backstory, um, you know, I just want to say um First and foremost, man, because I gave an intro 
I intro, uh, introduced you not just on the show, but like back when we were in Momocon. And uh, one of the things that, you know, I admire most about you, man, is just, um, you know, I think when we talk about integrity, right, like people throw that word around a lot. And um, and oftentimes we don't talk about the amount of work that goes into having integrity. And mm-hmm. like when I think of that word and I think of hip hop, you're one of the first people that come to mind, man. So I just wanted to, wow. you know, I try to make sure I, I give you your flowers whenever I can because mm-hmm. I see your work. I see how hard you work. And, and most, most importantly, considering what you've been through and what your experiences have been and you maintaining that integrity, you do it all most of the time with a smile on your face and that (laughs) and that right there man um you know i just wanted to clap it up for you and just you know again thank you man i i I talk about that introduction at momocon so much because like it it gave me goosebumps i was looking i was like man he's talking about me you know what i mean like it it was it was incredible man i was like i need to use this on like a song or an an album or something because like it was just a really really dope intro i appreciate the you know just just the kind words and like you know we we've been around we've seen a ton and Mm -hmm. met a bunch of people you know so it's just to me man that's really what living's all about it's like making an impact you know and uh and i'm just happy to to have made that sort of an impact for you to give me such a you know amazingly positive glowing introduction you know what i'm saying so so uh, i appreciate that and and it's the truth because you know from you know i obviously i met you later on but to when we talk about integrity and being true to oneself like you are in the position you're in because you were true to yourself you didn't have to you know you don't have to fit mm. into this whatever you know they think of as as what mm. should be hip hop mm-hmm. or rap music and so you know kudos to you and being thank the you. example for a lot of people that yeah. come after you yeah, thank you it. i get man every time we go to a convention or something man somebody comes up to me and they're like man like i wouldn't be here if it weren't for you you know mm-hmm. and i just think back to myself and you could probably say the same like the first time i was going to conventions i mean it was very much very white you yeah. know like it was just yeah. you know and uh and to see over the year and like even to talk to friends and try to get them to come to those events he's like ah oh, nah man that's that white people stuff like right. nah yeah. you know like i remember i still remember like probably 10 years ago now at this point i was touring with open mike eagle and we played a convention in uh maybe canada and he was just like it was his first time stepping into a convention he's like oh man they like the stuff i like they like comic books they like anime they like wrestling it should be Mm -hmm. fun and this was 10 years ago he was like man i just never felt welcome like in that space like even while we were there i just i did not feel welcome at all and i was like wow like and i'm like you know i think a lot of that was like not seeing ourselves you know in these places and uh and so as the years have gone on man it just makes my heart smile to come to conventions and see you know brothers and sisters in the crowd and just people of all races just coming out Mm. and and enjoying it man it's just so dope i think the first time i really experienced that and knew what this could be was uh the first time i did yomacon in Mm. detroit and you know i I think it it counts a lot to where the city like where the thing is happening you know like in in dc or in you know in detroit you're going to see you know some melanated folks but Mm -hmm. like not always you know what i'm saying there are certain corners of these places where 
like we just don't feel welcome. So I'm glad yeah. that the con space is a place that we feel welcome. And uh, it's just beautiful, man. It makes it makes me so happy to be able to look and look at the, you know, the programming list and see, you know, black creators, black panelists, black artists, black mm-hmm. comic artists, you know, like all that stuff, man. It just it really makes me happy because in 2007, when I started this journey, it was uh it was just me and like two other dudes you know mm-hmm. and um you know so i'm happy to say that the like now we're in a place where where folks are thriving and and able to really feel welcome in the scene oh. yeah man yeah. Definitely. definitely it's funny that you mentioned you makan cuz when i when i first did it i was i man like i mean i've been to detroit i got family there so i know how black detroit is <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but when i walked mm-hmm. into con i was like oh man this this it's a lot of us fam like yes. we're deep you know what i mean and yeah. uh, and that that was just awesome you know because that time I, I went out there with uh you chris um k and um the rest of the crew mm-hmm. that was my first time doing you Macon, so yeah and yeah was it was it was incredible i always like i hold mm-hmm. that up i think it was the previous year but then that next year too like it just got better and better and i yeah. hold that to be like the standard like this is what yeah. i want every convention to look like like the way yeah. you looked like it was well run and mm-hmm. there's just tons of people of color in great positions everywhere like contributing so much to the culture yeah That's for sure for sure That's what's up. yeah man you know um we were going to start out with um uh, as we talk with all of our guests, we t- tend to ask them about, you know, how has the last two years have been? You've had a really good <laughs> couple of you years, know, you know, in the in the I, midst. I mean, of the considering, pandemic. like, I hate to, I hate to be that way because everybody's like, oh man, I struggled, and I'm like, I just worked three times as hard, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but it turned out like it worked out. You know, like I did okay, but it's only because I hit the ground and ran and just worked my behind yeah. off because I was home doing nothing, you know. I think if, you know, if the situation was different, you know, it might it might not have turned out the same for me. But um but I've just known I've just always been a person that just makes the most of the situation and uh and, and tries their best to, to achieve, you know, no matter what. You know, and so that's when I got to work. I had so many like I was I was torn like two hundred and eighty days out of the year. So you know it it was time for it was finally a chance for me to be at home and so i was like well i had all these projects sitting around at home but i just was never here to do them so it's like all right i started the book i had started uh streaming i started a podcast and but i just never gave those things a lot of effort because i was always gigging and so i was like well now that i'm home i can actually do this and so i just really got got focused and now like I stream, you know, I treat treat streaming like a job, you know, where it's like I'm jumping on three, four hours a day, whether I'm playing video games, making beats, editing video, just talking and, um, you know, building fans that way. And also taking that time to give back, you know, and just finding new people every day. I mean, every literally every day I was just on stream this afternoon Mm -hmm. and someone comes in the chat every day and says oh my god Megan Rand I didn't know you streamed like <laughs> oh my god I didn't know you were on Twitch I didn't know you did this I didn't know you did that you know I, and, and I'm like okay that's why I do it you know and I think that's yeah. extremely you know encouraging because it's like there's still and I always made the comparison when people come up to me and be like yo I want to rap I want to make music how do I do it and I'm like well the first step is your neighborhood your community and I do feel like but the internet is it's maybe changed a bit, 
But I think that everybody who knows you or is in your immediate circle that you have conversations with, they need to know that you are a creator. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's the first, that's where it starts. So if it's not, if your circle doesn't know what you do, then you need to be talking about it more. You know, yeah. the way, the way we sit around and talk about the weather and the way we mm-hmm. talk about how we hate our jobs. That's how you need to be talking about your about what you love and Absolutely. so there should never be a situation where somebody who's close to you is like oh I didn't even know you did that man or I didn't know you were passionate about that thing you know right. so you got to talk about those things to the people around you you know people get scared of of taking it out to the world but you got to start in your community first Absolutely. you know and uh, that's the biggest thing I said man if this is something that you you go to sleep thinking about and you wake up thinking about then everybody should know it that's around yeah. you you know like for sure yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I, go ahead. No, I'm go sorry. ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, yeah, I remember there was a certain point where, um, you know, when the, as the music started to become more active for me, I realized that I was like, man, I can't take any more jobs, like full-time jobs that don't know that I do this, right? <laughs> like, just like my friends know that mm-hmm. I do this and my family knows that I do this, I've gotten to a point now where I got to tell them when they hire me, like, hey, by the way, you know, just, you know, just like you would if you had a part time gig. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a, other um, obligations that would force you to leave at a particular time. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So, yeah. And I feel that 100 percent, man. Yeah. yeah I think you know, what, what kicked it off. Sorry to cut you off. Rachel, yeah, um, okay. The um, what kicked it off kind of was, you know, I got to shout out Mason and the, and the project that he brought to us. You know, yeah. I think that. You know, and that brought us us together as well on it. And I think it really kicked off my, you know, desire to be creative, to be active, to to give back. And uh, and we we wound up creating this. You know, all I did was write write a little verse and hand it in. And then yeah. it, the song comes back with like the seatbelts and Yoko Kano and like the cast Crazy. of Cowboy Bebop, and it just becomes this gigantic, beautiful thing. And I was just like, oh my God, like this wouldn't have happened if not for the pandemic. So to me, because everybody was home, you know? So I think like just that moment, it it clicked for me being like, oh wow, like you can do something because everybody's at home. So let's, let's work on a way to, to give back and to stay creative. And that was where the, the book and and other projects came from. And it was for a good cause. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, take us back to because I know you're based now in in Arizona, but home for you is actually Philadelphia. So tell us what was your first introduction into the arts, whether it was visual or was it was it performance or take us uh, back to little okay. little Raheem, little Raheem, <laughs> little Rara on the, on little the block of, uh, Philly. Um, <laughs> it started with with visual with street art graffiti uh, is how everything started you know for us it was me seeing some of the older kids just being so creative in the neighborhood in the you know late 70s early 80s and you know showing everybody would have a sketch pad everybody would have a notebook and be like oh let me see let me see your hand style let me see what you got you know and then I would look and be like oh my god this stuff is so good like and I never was really good at it but man like I, I just it just really made me like want to create and be better and, and you know just so I could have something to show them like all right now check this out you know I flipped through the page and so and even back then I think what did I I used to I didn't like tag on places I wasn't supposed to tag I was just my notebook and I would I would use I would do rad and, and so I was just like rad and, and like even back then people were like rad like, <laughs> like 
that ain't street, sir. Like that ain't cool. Like everybody was like ski and like you know all these cool names, and I was like rad, and they're like, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, like that's. I think that's where the, from then it just went to drawing. You know, uh, still getting sketch pads and color pencils and just drawing and uh, reading comics and trying to redraw a lot of the comics that I saw and cartoons and things like that. Making up my own comics and characters, um, and then you know the hip hop bug bit us, and, um, and from there I think probably I feel like almost every MC from the inner city probably has that story. Like you, you you're probably nice with the with drawing. You know what I mean? You're probably a good writer, like a creative storyteller who mm-hmm. writes comics. And then you naturally take that into rhyming and becoming mm-hmm. like a storyteller with the rhyming. So that was kind of how it was for me. I had a crew of like five or six kind of kind of nerdy, kind of square kids in the in the city that were, you know, just really good at drawing, really good with words, just like super intelligent kids. And we just all sat down and would put our heads together and try to write songs. And we were trying to be De La Soul, you know, where we were <laughs> just like, you know, back and forth each, with each other with rhymes. And, and it started with just rewriting every song we liked. I remember me, myself and I, we would write it all down. Like, all right, now I'm plug one. All right, now you plug two, you know. And, um, and then um, the Humpty Dance, so things like that. Mm-hmm. I remember just writing out every single word and us just going back and forth, rapping it. And, uh, and then LL Cool J, uh, I'm bad, I need love. And, and all those things so then it was like well let's just try to write our own stuff and um and we needed beats you know so we would buy the cassette singles and uh yeah. you know they usually have a, a instrumental on the b-side yeah. uh-huh. and uh we were rhyming on it but if they didn't we would start using our pause tape to you know kind of mm-hmm. play it fast forward and rewind and and click little pieces oh, if we caught memories. the break beat and uh, yeah, the, the two tape decks, man, you were the man if you had a two tape deck, you know, mm-hmm. radio in the hood. So uh, so then we would just kind of start calling ourselves producers like, all right, you you make the beat and then I'll make the rap, you know. So I'm like, all right, let me get um, what was the one that I tried to do that it didn't really work out well, but it was um, deep cover Snoop and Dre. They did, there wasn't an instrumental on it, so I would try to loop the ending line, the end of it. He would play like maybe four bars on it. But the problem was Snoop says, and it's 187 on the undercover cop, you know, and it just kind of kind of goes off and it echoes. So when I would loop it, it was just like, cop, cop. So he was like, I can't rap on this, man. Like, people got so bad. Like, oh, man, I can't. He's saying cop every four lines. Like, we can't even, we can't even use this. <laughs> so we would try to find our way around it and be like, all right, well, if we got cop there, then like maybe work that into your line somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so then we just, that was like the really the first time I started getting creative with, with that. That's actually the first time I ever told that story. That's crazy. It just wow. literally exclusive. just came to me. <laughs> yeah, I got exclusive. Like that should have been in the book. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but like I just recall that one specific moment where we were like, okay, maybe we can use that. And it was that's really what hip hop's all literally all about. It's just taking what you got, using it to make and create something great. And um, mm-hmm. and that's really what it was. Side note: Have y'all seen oh, this old girl getting dragged for trying to diss Beyonce today? Oh. But I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't seen whisperings, but I haven't actually stopped and looked. Yeah, but yeah. clearly, Beehive is in full effect. Oh, they in full effect, and like she didn't even have to come out and say her name. Um, mm-hmm. Old girl just came out and was like, "Why do you need twenty three writers on a song, or something like that?" 
And it sounded like, I guess people took the, you know, took that to be like, oh, all right, you're trying to take shots. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Diane Warren is her name. And so mm-hmm. people, and then so the dream Yikes. even came in there on her and was like, well, this is how hip hop got started. We, you know, we didn't have a lot of resources and we went and we sampled and now we're continuing to give back and give credit back to these artists for the things that they've created. And it's just, you know, like any other questions? And like, she's just getting like blasted on Twitter for this. And it's just amazing. And she's like, well, I only have one. I only have one writer on my songs and blah, blah, blah. Right. And we're like, Okay. Okay. Like, I, I, relax. So, yeah, it's just so interesting, and like a lot of people don't understand that about hip hop culture. It's like that's really what we're so built on the past, you know. And uh, and I think that's what's beautiful about it is that like we can never forget the past because it continues to drive the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. True. True. Yeah, man. So, I mean, with you talking about the past and the future, let's talk about your art and how it's evolved over time. Like, what, what would you say, like, some of what, I mean, based on that story you just told, obviously, you know, you come a long way from, uh, you know, from the, the pause and stop um, <laughs> recordings to now, like, with the most recent thing you just dropped with Morning Glory, um, with uh, that being over a beat that you produce. So how has your, your art and your craft evolved over the years? Oh, man. Well, again it was like i wanted to make beats but i didn't have the software i didn't have the hardware i couldn't figure it out so um i remember a buddy of mine had an mpc and i would go over to his place and he would show me some things and we would just i would just tinker with it all night long and to the point where i was into it more than him and he's like man you want to just buy this thing off me man and i was like <laughs> yes you know and but i didn't have the money so i was like man i'll just come over and you know just just learn and, uh, and from there, then he wound up moving away. And I was like, what am I gonna do? So then I saved up like a bunch of checks to buy an NPC, I'll never forget. And I had to sell it to move to Arizona. And, mm. uh, and I was like, well, what am I gonna do now? And then like around that time, I was like, mm, 2005, 2006. And so software was a little easier to get a hold of. And so I got, with, I got on Reason. I started making mm. beats with Reason. Um, and back then, you know, basically we're just all trying to find like sounds that weren't, you know, everybody else's sounds. You know, right. it was like, man, if I if I make a beat using the the stock sounds in this machine, everybody is gonna know that I use this machine, and it's gonna it's not gonna sound special. It's not gonna sound good. Like the the stock stuff is not dope. So before that, I started. I was using MTV Music Generator, mm-hmm. and uh, and same thing. I was just like, oh man, I don't like these sounds. This is garbage. But the fact was you could sample and you could like yeah. pop a disc in and i was like this is amazing oh my god you could eject the disc and i was working at eb games um which later became gamestop and we sold uh we had a music section and it was all video game soundtracks and so i was like hmm i wonder so i started taking you know getting a couple of let me get this resident evil let me try this final fantasy and then i would take them home and sample them and that was really the beginning of me making beat like video game beats this is before mega ran before the idea ever came about but it was right there for me like it was like video games and hip-hop have been two sides of the same coin for me for my entire life and it just took till i was 30 years old to be like wait a minute (laughs) <laughs> you know and right. just you know it was just like a, a aha moment you know and um 
but yeah i was making beats doing things and um i i wasn't like super confident in my own beats i'm still not like i i love when other people produce because i like to just get another ear on what i'm creating you know i'm like it's mine i don't really know if it's good you know and so what i used to do i used to make these random beat tapes and um and i would let people listen and then whenever a rapper wanted a beat of mine i'd be like oh that beat's taken man sorry and then that would be the beat i would use <laughs> because <laughs> i didn't Genius. know they were good so i needed that's right. the only way i get a second opinion is if somebody asked for it and that's man, i had like pretty good rappers like ask me for stuff like um journalists a rapper who was signed to motown um freeway um like i was like people who come through the studio or people i would hand beats to um some of Meek Mill's homies, like before he had really like, you know, even was rapping on beats. He was just kind of freestyling outside. And um and a lot of those guys were just like hearing beats like, oh man, I like this. And I'd be like, ah, oh, it's taken, man. Sorry. Like, you know, and then I would go home and write something to it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this one's good. <laughs> That's awesome. This one must be good, you know. Right. And like that was the really the only way I could get like real feedback on them. Cause I just couldn't, I don't know. It's still hard for me, like outside of myself, to step outside of myself as a listener and be like is this good <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. it, it's difficult but um but i'm just fortunate and blessed man to be around so many dope producers man from dn3 to k murdoch uh lost perception and uh young li like so many people who have just been like oh i like you so much like let me like please like let me hear you on my stuff you know and uh and that's really taken me to to new places k murdoch especially man like he's yeah. He was the lifeline for for so much of this because I think what I needed and I didn't know I needed it. And I didn't really care about it at the time, but I guess I needed a little bit of hip hop credibility injected mm-hmm. into what I was doing, you know, and like I thought what I was doing was already good. But I remember having a conversation with a guy at Fat Beats and him being like, so who's who's who else on it? Like, you know, and I'm like, right. I'm on it, man. Like, you know, <laughs> right. I'm on it. I'm I'm all right, you know. And he's like, mm-hmm. nah, but like, who who who's making the beats? Who's anybody featured in? Them? And I was like, um, well, it's this guy K Murdoch did some beats, you know. And then it's like K Murdoch. Oh, that sound familiar. I was like, oh, he used to be with this group called Panacea on Raucous, and they was like, yo, Raucous, yeah, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? So instantly, it's like, hello, friend. You know, <laughs> <laughs> now you can we can put records. you. We can we can you know we can distribute your stuff, you know. So it, it, and it it took that you know for me to kind of get into a lot of doors and i think and conversely it took me working with murdoch for people to you know kind of the nerds to be like oh wow like what he's doing is really dope you know so we brought each other to uh to an interesting place you know at a at a really like like formative time so like he's such a big part of the story i mean the first time we went to japan was me and Kay with you and marcus and like Mm -hmm. You know, so much of that stuff, like I always felt like you and I's career, like from that point, has been kind of like paralleling, you know, yeah. where yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm running into, you know, the homies in the same spots. And like, it's it's been really cool to see, you know what I'm saying? And I, I look at it like you paved the way as well, Stan, for a lot of like literally for like the internet MC, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't know if you'll ever get fully your flowers for that. They'll probably say it was Joe Budden or, or, or Cannabis or somebody. And right. I props to them because they, yeah. they both did a very good job of like, you know, galvanizing fan bases on the Internet. Um, mm-hmm. But like Internet savvy MCs who were like really making things happen and making things shake and creating movements, you mm-hmm. know, virtually, you know, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't that before 
substantial on Q and Five. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, shout out to uh, Q and Five. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that's always going to be like forever in the whether it's in the you know the book of history in hip hop. Like it'll it'll be in mine. <laughs> You know, you have worked, um, as you mentioned, you know, you've traveled, you know, extensively, <laughs> I mean, majority of the year, and I just lost my ear, peace. <laughs> um, but you and you continue to work with some you with some notable artists. What have been the most memorable collaborations? Man. Wow, there's so many, but honestly, another pandemic creation was uh was Dell the funky homo sapien mm. and um and Dell is a guy that is a huge inspiration to me like i mean one day i'll sit down with him and discuss this but it will probably creep him out so i, I try not to like we keep our <laughs> conversations pretty short and about video games usually but one day like maybe over a drink or something i'm gonna be like yo dog like you created this like you know what i'm saying like because there was really no like nerdy rappers before like what dell was doing you know yeah. like being very very like upfront and unapologetic about their love for comic books games you know just just tech you know in their rhymes and like you know i still remember that dell cover that looked like a comic book you know yeah. and being like Hmm, interesting like I like comics and you know bam you know and so just being a big Hyro fan and seeing Dell from that and like that was a pandemic thing but I kind of like willed it to happen and that's when I, I knew the power of positive thinking um, one of his songs is arguably credited with like creating the subgenre of nerdcore it's called protoculture and um, he created it in 2000 and uh, he's rapping on a beat from this fighting game called Darkstalkers. And he's talking about how dope Sega is and how like Sega is better than Nintendo. And <laughs> it's, uh, in 2000. And so him and his homie are going back and forth with just bars about games. And I realized in 2020 that it was 20 years to the release of that song. And I was like, this is the song that arguably birthed, you know, Nerdcore. I think we need to like remix it or update it or just you know just bring it back somehow and like just just make people aware of it and um i think i just put the word on twitter i was like yo if anybody knows delta funky homo sapien like i have to talk to him <laughs> you know and nothing really happened but then i was like you know what i remember one of my homies man just like telling me that he knew him and I was like well he knew his mentor he don't know his mentor was one of Dell's homies which was the guy who was rapping with him on the protoculture song and I was like alright it's worth a try so I reach out and he's like yeah man he says he hasn't talked to Dell in like 14 years man like Dell's just an elusive type dude and um and I was like oh man if the guy who like literally did songs with him can't get a hold of him <laughs> right I ain't got much of a chance and uh and so like I just literally just just went on Twitter I went on Instagram I went everywhere and like tagged him and was like please somebody tell Dell that like I just I really need to do a song with him like it needs to happen and um and uh the dude got back to me was like yo here's his phone number but like I really don't think it'll work it's been 14 years and he's like a reclusive mountain man and so I don't think it's gonna happen but what whatever good luck and so i'm like i'm not just gonna call somebody you know what like you know unsolicited and so i'm not gonna use this phone number and uh then all of a sudden like one of my old tweets 
he responds to it like what up though or something like that and uh, i was like hmm well, okay and so i go through the tweet and i'm like oh i'm following up on this so i, I like instantly yeah. hit him like yo dm i'm like yo hit me up man i just got this crazy idea man and so we start talking and we're talking about computer games we're talking about playstation games we're talking about xbox we're just 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 talking for like a month before i finally asked him to do a song and i'm like hey man like i got this idea you know it's kind of crazy but you know what i'm saying (laughs) what what do you think about like basically updating your song like i don't even know how i would feel about that you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying if somebody says hey yo mega ran splash woman's 20 years old i want to remix it and can you do the hook and i'd be like man get out of here like that's my song like you know Mm -hmm. i don't know how i would feel but i was like oh say less like let's do it and um like got it back to me in like two days and i was just like what and then we just got back to video game talk and i was just (laughs) like yo this is insane (laughs) like i i couldn't believe it happened but it just let me know like the power of 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 positive thinking like i still haven't like okay i've met him but but i haven't met him since we like collabed um i met him at shows we've shook hands i remember like just telling him like yo you're dope or whatever and us taking a photo together um but like we had never like talked since we had collabed and um and so i still need that to happen like maybe we could get to do do a show together Mm -hmm. or meet up at a festival or something but like but that's still the most memorable to me because like it 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 was like willed to happen you know it's like the power of of like just positive thinking and just not giving up and you know just like we were saying about the pandemic like everybody's inside so if you were looking to do any dream collab like that was the time because literally everybody was home you know and so for that like i was able to get some really cool guests to pop up on on my podcast as well because people ain't doing nothing you know like all right we on zoom (laughs) another day on zoom it's just like it's just it's just another day on zoom you know so you know whether i'm doing this or doing that i'm sitting in front of the computer so uh so yeah it just it just worked out so that's definitely the most memorable collaboration for sure just because of the work that went into it and like being a fan of somebody for 20 something years and then just having them be cool like you know there's so many people that i've met that you know were my heroes that were not my heroes after i met them you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so it's just dope for people to be really cool yeah yeah no for sure and shout out the hieroglyphics man like yes yes definitely one of the greatest crews in hip-hop history um it's funny casual like of course i'm a dell mm. fan but casual mm. might be uh my casual. favorite of all of them uh casual's incredible yo that dude bargain like, and still, still filthy still still, still filthy. like he just yes. they just dropped uh matter of fact they just dropped something right because they um there's, uh, there's something called golden state entertainment or golden state records now hmm. um that's actually connected with the golden state warriors or something but oh, um wow. yeah so they have this new like video clip that um is actually on um what's it called uh it's on i saw it on ig but yeah but it got the whole hyrule crew man and, and they going in and casual just goes in and it, and also they got e40 on the joint but that just dropped like within the last week you know so wow. shout out to hyro yeah shout out to them man like been a super fan for for many years so um it's dope to see them mm-hmm. still active hey you know what have you been to hyro day yet 
I have. I went to one Hyrule day. Oh, Probably, I guess it was the one right before the pandemic. It's incredible. Oh my yeah, god! I gotta go. Like just the vibes. I think. I mean, just the bay in general. The bay is like one of yeah. my favorite places in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Oakland is just is so special. I mean, even yeah, really now. Is. I mean, I, I've we passed through there on our tour this earlier this year, and Oakland is just so special, man. It's just like yeah. the culture is so alive there, and like. My, my homie that lives there makes a joke like every day we protesting about something you know what yeah. I'm saying and I'm like that's what's up you know what I mean yeah. like that's that's the bay like if you're living out there like yo we fighting every day you know mm. what I'm saying and like I just really just man I, I love the vibes out there for sure I mean uh, I, I've got I've also gotten my car broken into several times there but <laughs> but you know it's yeah. just part of the element it's all good it's called tough love tough love yeah yeah give, give, give and take you know <laughs> I've given well, to the to the bank. <laughs> you know, well speaking of challenges <laughs> um what would you say have been some of your most challenging um experiences being an independent artist? Well, I think just I guess like the the self motivating thing is to me uh it can be great but also not so much. Like I'm not so great with time management you know and i think that having to do it all it puts me in a position where like today i spent four hours editing a video and it's like man if i just paid somebody to do that i could have just been out doing something else you know like i always think about that but i'm like and then i wouldn't be building the skills and the time you know the the effort that it took to do that i'm learning as i'm doing it you know so um in general, some, I don't necessarily look at any of them as challenges, though, because I think they're all building you and making you better, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, like once in a while, just one, you know, and I always, you know, I got to stop myself because I was about to say just once in a while, I like to have like a little machine behind me doing some things for me. But the machine never works as hard as me. So it never right. works as hard as a human. And and it doesn't understand, you know, what a human would and so literally every time like i've i don't know how i don't even know how many releases i have at this point but over 10 and um Mm -hmm. and i've worked with a label for two of them and twice i've never felt like they were doing for me what i could have done for myself you know what i'm saying so uh, every time i'm just like oh i could have did this oh man well is this what i was like begging Mm -hmm. for when i could have just you know so for me I just feel like nobody knows and understands me, my brand, my my outlook, my my goals better than me. So uh, I like being in charge. I'm, I like being my own boss because my my boss is cool. Uh, you know, he's fair. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? But he gets stuff done. So mm-hmm. if you can't like if you if you can't match my effort, then there's really no reason to partner up. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I look at it. And I, it was the big homie Murs who gives me a lot of advice, but um. He was like, man, don't ever sign with somebody who doesn't believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nah, don't even don't even bother with that. Like, do it on your own. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So real quick, uh, we're going to take a quick break, um, you know, uh, so we can go ahead and shout out our sponsor, Words Beats in Life. And then we're going to come back with more from the homie Mega Ran. All right, so everybody, y'all hang in there, and we will be right back. All right? Peace. My name is Kalia, and I teach the DJ course here at Words, Beats, and Life. 
Well, I started DJing around 19, 20 years old. It actually helped me um, with my social skills. I, I felt like it was way easier for me to make friends. I also was able to learn from different cultures while DJing. I enjoyed teaching people the difference between uh, house music and drummer bass. What I hope people get out of DJing is uh, a sense of confidence. I would say for myself personally, as I started getting out there on my own, I built up a little confidence in myself and I learned how to have fun a lot more and also project myself without actually saying anything. That's why I'm with Words, Beats, and Life. Enroll in the DJ class today at wblinc.org slash academy. And we are back. Hey, hey. All right. Yeah, man. Once again, shout out to Words, Beats, and Life uh, for being the sponsor of the Artistry Podcast. Uh, shout out to them. And be sure to check out that link that I just dropped in the um, chat. You can go ahead and contribute to help us fund another 20 years of the amazing work that Words, Beats, and Life has been doing. All right. Um, but let's get back to it. So one of the things um, that we both have a lot of experience with and that I've always admired your hustle. I mean, we were just talking about um, being an independent artist. And I know that um, based on your profile on Kickstarter, you funded um, you've completed at least six crowdfunding campaigns successfully. And that's not including some of the collaborative ones you've done uh, from like with Kay Murdoch or MC Lars, um, you know, so. What are, I mean, I guess there's a couple different ways I want to word it, but, you know, what do you consider like some of the most powerful things about crowdfunding and what advice would you give to other creatives who are considering it for those who one have a fan base and then also consider those who are just kind of starting out? Well, I think the most important statistic um, in with Kickstarter that you can actually see. And I was, I used to be kind of like, I'm like kind of an OG Kickstarter guy. I've been on Kickstarter mm -hmm. since maybe early like 2009 or 10. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you can see there. And uh, I think the most important number, not six or whatever, you know, uh, projects funded, but I bet I've backed probably four times that amount of projects. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is just as important. I think mm -hmm. when you see creatives doing things that are really dope, you support them with your support. And I remember talking to just I remember like I wrote a blog in 2012 when I finished like when at that time, my biggest Kickstarter, because people kept asking me like, all right, how the heck do you raise 20 grand, you know, in 30 days? Like, it sounds crazy, you know, but um, in that I wrote to like, you can't be afraid to ask for help. You know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like help comes in many different forms. So Definitely. don't put pressure on people being like, yo, back me, give me five dollars, give me 20. Like share it like, hit, hey, mm -hmm. can you just hit that share? And mm -hmm. I think that that's okay. just as important. And I think like valuing that is, is a big key for me. It's like just valuing the help that you can get from people who want to see you win, who may not be able to financially support. Um, but there's so many. I don't know if you actually were asking like tips on it but mm -hmm. there's a few um don't launch uh, around christmas um <laughs> don't 
don't start or end on like a Monday. Try to start on a payday or something. Man, give give mm-hmm. people a weekend to think about it. Like start on a Friday, end on a Friday or a Saturday or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, thirty days, no no more than that. Like trust yourself for thirty days. Like two months of e begging is just not a good look. <laughs> like uh. it's just gonna get exhausting. You're gonna run out of things to say, and it's not gonna mm-hmm. work out. So. Um, also remember just like the, the main thing is just asking people to share like that's really it like right. and I remember being like all right I gotta I gotta ask like famous like you know accomplished people that are friends of mine to share or to, to buy or to give me money mm-hmm. nah just asking to share you know like I think that's that's the least that uh, anybody can do is just hit a share yeah. button you know so that's so important um uh, collaborations are key, like working with people who can also bring their people to you. You know, yeah. don't don't think you got to do it by yourself, you know, and trust yourself. You know, like a lot of people are just kind of scared to do it, you know, because they're like, man, what if I fail? Like, it's over. Like, nah, it's just you just retool it and start again. You know, I'm fortunate not going with that. I have not failed. But but I, I think it's important to realize like a failure at a Kickstarter is not the end of the world. You know, it just means retool it. Maybe your timing was bad. Maybe the project just wasn't super exciting. And it's like a good thing. You know, I look at Mm -hmm. it like you didn't want to make that thing that nobody was going to buy. Like, so it's best that they told you right now. No, I don't want that thing. And now it's like, that's even better. That's why I'm glad to have Patreon and things like that. I put projects onto Patreon specifically for people that want them. You know, like I don't have time for you know to to release an album and have it flop you know what i mean like right. it's 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 disappointing to myself um and but like knowing okay right now i have a project coming out this friday that is specifically geared towards a certain audience like if you're into 80s anime and things like that that's what you're you're going to be into it so mm-hmm. therefore the promotional methods are different than it being like this is the first Mega Ranch solo album in five years and I got a lot to say. You know, this is me talking about being a dad and like really important moments in my life. That's the project that I'm putting it all into, you know, so, you know, so it's different projects for different uses, you know, and um, just being very like self-aware, I think is so important. Ask yourself, would I back this? Like, do I, would I want to hear this? Do I want this to happen? What's going to entice me? You know, and um, I can show you guys that list. I would love to. Um, I got to redig it up or something. But I, I did it for a blog called So Much Silence um, mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I dig it up every once in a while because it's got 10 tips for uh, for winning at Kickstarter. And um, and uh, I think the best one is just like, remember that, you know, getting five dollars from somebody isn't the ultimate goal is to get the support and that of them wanting to see this thing get made. And yeah. so like it's so important to step outside of yourself and just be like is this dope like is this something i want and like sometimes it's the best way to know like if it's gonna work it's like right. if nobody funds it it ain't meant to be <laughs> right. Right. yeah yeah i appreciate that mm-hmm. no that's mm-hmm. great solid advice because mm-hmm. i you know with what we stan and i do our main thing is reaching out to artists, both visual and performing artists. And, you know, because a lot teaching you how to do the art, folks got that, you know, but the business side of the art is mm-hmm. not taught. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we definitely share. And um, and crowdfunding is one of those things. So for those of you that want advice, definitely we'll be sure to get those tips from Ran. And we can also share some 
some insights with you. We're going to transition mm-hmm. now to some 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 fun things. Hey. Um, our rapid fire questions. You know, before we roll out of here. Um, so we have four questions for you, and I want you mm-hmm. to share with us the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Mm, okay. All right. Here we go. First one's so. A hard one. Oh. <laughs> so. Sorry in advance. Number one. Yeah. What is your favorite song or record? Of my own or? In, it could in be general. you in general. Ooh, uh, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Okay. Hey. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Awesome. Number two is most memorable performance that you were a part of. Mm. I'll probably be... Magfest 2015. Uh, I was on the main stage, and I did this freestyle there, which I proposed to my now wife. Um, and so that was a super special moment. And I was scared to death, and so much almost went wrong with that. Like she almost wasn't there. She got there late. She wanted to take a little rest, and was like, "Oh, I'll meet you later." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." Like, you can't come later. This is not one of them things. Like, get up and let's go. She's like, I just got here. I'm tired. I want to take a shower. I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> and she's like, what is wrong with you? And I was just like, no, come on. You know, like, I was just not having it. But uh, but I had some backup plans. And, and you know, like, if it wasn't going to happen there, I would it would have been probably somewhere probably at the like the mlk monument down in dc or something like that it would have been down there somewhere but but uh on stage was like really what i wanted so we made it happen that's so romantical Mm -hmm. and they still together i have a dream (laughs) she's gonna take this ring (laughs) (laughs) oh god all right um next one is number three is do you have a pre-show ritual and if so what is it Oh, uh, yes. Um, I breathe. I do breathing exercises. Um, sometimes I'll just like jump up and down a few times and then um, I'll poop. And uh, <laughs> that's it. It's like take a load really, off. Take a load off. <laughs> literally. Like if somebody says, hey, you're on in five. It's like, oh, there it is. I got to go. Like never fails. Uh, I think the day that that doesn't happen, I'll be like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Y'all. <laughs> There's a disturbance in the force. Like I'm, I, I don't uh, have to move. Call like, a doctor. What? Call yeah, a doctor. Like, There's a disturbance in the force. Like it would just be really bad if I don't like if uh, I don't have to. Then yeah, like I, I start doing the breathing. I'll maybe jump up and down a little bit, get some stretches in, and then uh, and then number two. <laughs> okay, all right. Awesome. You know, stay regular. Stay well, regular. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, and last one we have for you is um, what is your favorite concert venue? Hmm. Gosh, um, there are so many, but um, okay. My favorite concert venue. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm gonna keep it Philly. The TLA, the Theater of the Living Arts on um, South Street, which I hope is still open. I saw one of my first concerts there. I saw Jizza um, nice. at that place and um, and uh, J Live opened. And um, mm-hmm. and that was a cool time. He was living in, in Philly at the time. and. Um, yeah, it was just a great show. It's always a good vibe in there, man. It's like a hole in the wall, but it's like 
the the larger to medium sized building mm-hmm. and um it's just always a good time, you know, like I feel like that's the best place to see. No bad seat in the place, no bad place to stand. You always go and catch everything and it's good sound. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Aw, oh, thank you for playing our game with us. <laughs> yeah, no problem. That was fun. That was fun. Now we know that you gotta get ready to go. Um and so, you know, we were just talking about uh live performances and um, and earlier, you know, we had mentioned that you are now part of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. what I wanted to know from you is um, what has been like some of the biggest challenges in terms of uh, just balancing, you know, family life, balancing having a wife along with balancing um, now um, having a child. Right. Like um, especially because you're an artist that now that the world's uh, opening back up, as you mentioned before, you're on the road um, 280 times a year, a lot of times. And so uh, what are some of the things you do to balance it out and how has that adjustment been for you? Oh, it's been great, man. Um, This is something that I can't say I ever imagined happening, you know, to us. So it's definitely changed my whole mentality and like it's to the point now where I, I tell Jeff and I'll be like is it worth leaving my nine month old for you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and he'll be like alright fair enough let me go back and find out you know what I mean and that's that's always the question now it's like is it worth leaving a, like potentially missing a really like a big milestone you know then you gotta think about it and and um that's really what it is just making me be a lot more selective and and um of where I give my time and how I use my time, you know. So, uh, but we're we're foster parents, and um, we are hoping to to get into the full adoptive stage. So, fingers are crossed on that. We're doing everything oh. we got to do, and you know, going to all the meetings and doing what the state wants, and it's just been a, a blessing. It really has been. Like, talk about like reshaping your focus, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like now I like really don't have time to play around. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. It's like. Yo, every second has to be utilized. So I'm waking up earlier. You know, I'm going to bed earlier. Um, you know, I'm just getting a lot more done in that time. Like, so that's been the best part about it. You know, like they talk about rescues and like who rescued who, you know, like yeah. I really feel like that in this situation. Like yeah. we might have gotten him out of a, a rough situation, but like he's also saving us every day, you know. That's beautiful, man. You guys mm-hmm. are rocking matching shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the it. Like. Yeah, I love these it. twinsies. Well, con- <laughs> I love it. Congratulations, Rand. Seriously. And we Thank can you. wish you continued success. Nothing but the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank it's you. always been a pleasure, always. Yeah, for sure. Likewise, I can't wait to see y'all again at a, yeah, a show somewhere. Yes. I know it's gonna happen. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and you know, don't forget the new singles out. Morning mm-hmm. Glory, substantial novelist. Um, hey. It's just an honor to get together with with black dads and, mm-hmm. and get on some get on a song, just kind of wax poetic, you know. When I originally wrote this, it was just kind of stream of consciousness. I was just writing, and then I was like, you know what? Well, who else would have an interesting perspective on this, you know? And uh, and there it is, you know, it's novelist, it's substantial, and and boom, like I'm just really really proud of the track, man. I had friends call me up as being like oh my god like this is what i need to hear right now like this is just a beautiful record it's just 
so well done. The rhymes are great. The references are there, you know, mm-hmm. as well as just being very reflective and, and poignant, you know. And the production. And, and the yeah. production. Oh, you killed, you well, killed the you. beat, man. Oh, yeah. man. Thank you. That that means a lot, too. Like, I'm, I'm actually rapping and on my own production and letting other people hear it you know like that that that's like still a, a prod a part of me that's like i'm not super comfortable with so i'm just glad everybody felt the beat and felt the track and the, the concept and and uh super proud of the record man and it's, it's doing some great things so uh go and listen to it wherever you can yeah for sure and while y'all are doing that make sure y'all be um make sure you support the book as well check out dream master a memoir it's a great read. Some amazing stories from Mega Ran. Um, Yo, even the hard thing you know to cut you off. The, yeah, the no hardcover is on sale right now. I just got hey. an email from Amazon. It's like three quarters off. It's like $5 this week for wow. the hardcover of the book. So if you'd okay. like to grab it from Amazon, um, get that free shipping and uh, I'll sign it at a show. So please okay. go grab it. Yeah, we'll do. Well, you heard it here in, first. Pick up another copy. Mega Dream Master. Get a get a copy for a friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or an enemy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, brother, yeah. we know you got to go, man. But, man, we appreciate your time for sure, mm-hmm. man. And we hope Anytime. you had a good time, too, man. It's always fun chopping it up with I you. I did, man. Great conversation. I learned a lot. Great questions, as always. So, yeah, it's always fun hanging, y'all. Awesome. Yeah, man, Thank you. Man. Thank you All so right. much. All right, Till next time, you. y'all. All right. Yeah, man. Take care. Peace. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much to our guest, Megaran. And thank you to everybody else for tuning in, man. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, who do we have next um, coming up? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, we've had some amazing guests this year. So, um, also, just real quick, uh, quick note before we go. Um, shout out to everyone who tuned into the last episode. And if you missed it, please go check that out with uh, Tamara Jade. Um, you might uh, you might recognize her from The Voice. Uh, I believe it was season 19 of The Voice or mm-hmm. something like that she was on. Um, she also tours with uh, a lot of artists that you're very familiar with from uh, John Batiste. Um, and many others rock with Lizzo, John Legend, John Lizzo. Legend, Lizzo. Yeah. And so definitely check out that episode and apologies in advance because we did have a technical issue with the audio last. Um, that was two weeks ago, but it's still a great interview. Yeah. And she from Maryland. She, you know, uh, both went to Suitland High School. Definitely got to show love to the home team. So if you missed that episode, check it out. But who do we have for episode eight? So for episode eight, we have uh, Elaine Nichols, who is um, a curator for the African-American Museum right here in D.C., the Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History and Culture. Dope. So that's going to be another great one. And if you if this is your first time checking out artistry, you can also check out the audio podcast. Um, Just search up. Uh, artistry um, spell A-R-T-D-U-S-T-R-Y um, you can listen to that wherever you listen to your podcast or you can just catch us here, right here on YouTube and catch the live um, the live broadcast and once again shout out to our sponsor Words Beats in Life thank you so much for the work that you continue to do and the uh, support that you continue to show us mm-hmm. um, everybody please consider um, showing them some love and um Definitely uh, backing them right now for their fundraiser. If you can, as little as five or ten dollars, 
definitely take uh, take some time to contri- um, consider contributing uh, to the campaign. It's lasting for a week. Link should be popping up in the chat right now. And um, for those of you who are listening, you could just go to wblinc.org slash act, A-C-T, um, if you want to support. All right? Yeah, but that about does it. Um, we will see you in two weeks. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please make sure you do so. Mm-hmm. And definitely turn on those notifications so you don't miss a beat. All right? But on that note, we're out of here. Anything you want to close with? God, God bless you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get to these babies. And y'all have a great one, man. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace y'all. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season three of Artistry is sponsored by Words, Beats, and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.